Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of The Bottom Bins. A little bit of housekeeping first, folks. Um, apologies for not having an episode out in the last couple of weeks. We have just been extremely um, busy and we actually thought, you know, with exams and stuff, we would just take a couple of weeks off the podcast just to <coughs> kind of refresh and come back. So we're hoping that now we're back, we're refreshed, we're, we're ready to go. and Bottom Bins heads on. Bottom Bins heads on, exactly. And we're ready to deliver um, our best content yet for, uh, yet for you. Um, so we're just going to jump straight into the match day, Premier League match day 32. Um coming towards that business end of the season it's getting really really tight now um so i think best place to start top of the league obviously lads we haven't been on in a couple of weeks but arsenal have really showed capitulation um over the last few weeks and um, three draws in a row now very disappointing draw at home to southampton the team that's bottom of the league literally before we walked into the studio here Oren, you pointed out or Oren or connor can't remember when he has pointed out now that this is two draws against the, the side who have yeah. been bottom of the league for, for the majority of the season. So largely, you'd have to say, extremely disappointing result for Arsenal. 100%. 100%. Like, going to a team from the top of the table to the bottom of the table, you're realistically, you should be expecting three points, um, especially at home at the Emirates, where they have been in such good form. Um, but look, it's just the same old problems uh, creeping in for Arsenal in the last few weeks. They've, they've really missed William Saliba. It shows how important he has been. And it kind of shows the critics, including me, who, look, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Saliba. I thought the hype was a bit much. Um, but it's showing how much he's being missed in that Arsenal team, even if it was just for team morale or whatever. Um, team spirit, he's, he's definitely being missed. His quality's being missed when you see Rob Holden in there. Um, yeah, it, it was it was an odd game. Um Southampton really did look the better team um, until Martin Odegaard took a shot. Martin Odegaard took a shot from the outside of the box and it was saved, parried away by Bazunu, and that got the Emirates pumping around the 80th minute. And it was then me and my dad were watching it and he was like, that's the first shot they've had. and uh, That's the first shot they've had in the second half. But we do see what they do now. I says they're going to win it. Went and scored two goals and then it looked like they were going to win it with Reese Nelson at the end, but Southampton held out. To be honest, if I was a Southampton fan, I would be fuming. Um, you can't you can't throw away two goals in, in stoppage time. You, you just can't do that. And it shows that's why they're in the position that they are, um, because they've done it all too much. Um, they're not scoring goals when they need to. They're not defending when they need to. And they just you can't sit back off a team like Arsenal and let them have these shots from outside of the box, outside of the box. Sorry, whenever they've got the quality in the team that they have. So, Southampton were the were the victims of their own downfall, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I thought uh, Arsenal were going to lay down a marker, put Southampton to the sword, but they started so poorly. Obviously, Ramsdale makes the mistake in the yeah. first minute, and then that gets the crowd nervous, and then Walcott gets in behind Gabriel. Um, great run, by the way. It was a great run. Um, but as you said, um, Saliba's definitely a big miss. They've conceded like nine goals in their last five games without him. Uh, holding isn't as good enough. They can't even they can't play the high line with him because he's too slow. You even seen it there. Like Gabriel has to sit deeper and then he gets caught out by Walcott in behind. Um, but when when I seen it was two one, I was like thinking, oh Arsenal, you know they'll get the result here and then they can see the silly goal from a corner. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it wasn't until Odegaard scored really, and then they got the belief back. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it looked like they should have won the game. Really, Trossard had some crossbar to win it, and then they missed a chance at the end. Uh, but three draws in a row, the manner of the draws is really worrying. Like we'd been, I'd been saying Arsenal's going to win the league. Now I'm really thinking it over because you know to give up a two goal lead two games in a row, and then to draw with the team bottom of the league, you know you've dropped 
they've drawn with twice. Um, it's got, I think it is going to cost them now. Uh, but for Southampton, yeah, they needed to win this game because they're still, I think they're five points outside yeah, the relegation zone, so they're still in, in big trouble. But uh, it's hard to know with City coming up, Newcastle, Brighton, Chelsea. If, if Arsenal win the league, they're going to do it the hard way, like because they've dropped points where they really like West Ham. Wouldn't obviously didn't have podcast last week, but that West Ham result was brutal too. 100%. You know, to be two 0 up. It's just errors. Like they just make so many mistakes. I thought Parties definitely dipped in form, just dipping in form at the wrong time and an injury, as you said, Orin for a while. You've been saying about injury. If, if they get a bad injury, what you have? Well, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. The, like we've talked, we've spoke about it for weeks. We spoke about it before we came into the podcast here today. Like. This is the difference between a title-winning team and Arsenal at the minute, to be honest. And we've said it all season, do they have the squad depth? And they added Trossard, they added Jorginho in, uh, and that Polish centre-back in uh, January. But, like, this groundwork should have been done in the summer. But then again, nobody was expecting Arsenal to be in the position that they are in. Um, so I think from next season, you can really start to talk about Arsenal as proper, proper title contenders. Like, 100%, it'll go down to the wire. No matter what happens tonight against Manchester City, it'll go down to the wire. But it's the squad depth. It's the know-how. City have been they've been there, done that. They've been in this situation for years and years. But like, do you not think that the quality that City have in terms of oh, if De Bruyne gets injured, Bernardo Silva comes in. If Rodri gets injured, Gundogan or someone comes in. Whereas Party stops playing well. Jorginho, who's kind of past it, gets in. What do you think, Click. Yeah, it's difficult. I think it is difficult. Um, obviously, Arsenal can't compete on the same financial level as Manchester City. I mean, really nobody in the league can, other than maybe United. Um, but I think, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be too critical um, of Arsenal, tell you the truth. I've, I've, I don't like saying it as, as a United fan, but I actually have enjoyed watching them this season. They do play really, really good football. You know, and I don't like saying uh, I like watching City at the minute because I'm a United fan, but... I do like watching City at the minute because they play really, really good football. Um, so, I, look, I'm not going to be too critical on them. I think um, at this point in the season, um, a lot of it comes down to, as, as you've already said, Connor, individual errors. And it, it is just know-how and experience. And, and I think a few of the guys are maybe just struggling a wee bit, maybe struggling to come to terms with the fact that the title was in their hands. And, and you know, maybe they just became a little bit complacent because I think some of the errors you're seeing, like you weren't seeing 10 match days ago, you weren't seeing 15 match days mm -hmm, ago. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's fatigue, tiredness, I, I'm not quite sure, but, um, you know, just, just on the individual errors, you know, look, De Gea gets a lot of stick for, for not being able to play with his feet and Ramsdale's supposed to be one of the premier goalkeepers at, at playing with his feet. But what, what, like, what was that the other night? Like? I know. I, I do question Ramsdale's shot stopping ability too mm -hmm. because he should have saved the shot. Yeah. Should have saved the one against West Ham. You know, he was getting a lot of plaudits for the Liverpool game, but he does make mistakes. Yeah. And he that's why I don't I don't think he's been the best people were saying he's the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. I, I disagree. No, I, I I disagree too. I do that. think he is a good passer. I do think he is a good passer, but I think his shot stopping ability is mm -hmm. not that great. Well look, I in all seriousness, I've like you know this or and I've I've never really been a big fan yeah, of Ramsdale. I, I don't really I don't get it. I don't get all the hype about him. I mean he had two relegations in two years. I think that says more about him yeah. than than anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just not a big fan. So I think Arsenal could definitely strengthen in the goalkeeper position. Mm -hmm. I mean you only have to look at who they sold. They got rid of they got rid of Burnt Leno, who has arguably been a better goalkeeper than Ramsdale. So it sometimes you maybe do sit there and question some of the recruitment that, that Arsenal have. Largely, they, they've got it right, but 
Martinez a Mar- couple of years I ago. I was going to say yeah. like Martinez, getting rid of him, Martinez was a huge error. Yeah. Because he is good with feet. He's better under... See Ramsdale as well, under the high ball, he's not as... He's an error in him. Like, even against United, mm-hmm. he made the mistake. Yeah. So I think Martinez as a goalkeeper is a better goalkeeper all and around. And got rid of Martinez to keep Leno and then so Leno. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, 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 it's, a, it's a strange one. But baffles the mind. Yeah. But I mean, from a Southampton point of view, I completely agree with you, Oren. I don't care what position you are in the Premier League. Um, you, you can't blow two goal leads mm-hmm. in, yeah. in, in stoppage time. It just shouldn't happen. But I think that's just been a consequence of where Southampton are at at the minute. They're low on confidence. they you can tell, like, the goals they scored, they were all counter-attacks, which you're going to have to do yeah. when you go to one of the big mm-hmm. sides. You're going to have to mm-hmm. sit deep and you're going to have to hit them on the break. And look, the three goals that they scored, especially the Walcott goal, really well worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think Walcott still had that kind of pace mm-hmm. in him. No. Um, but it, it was a very well-worked counter-attack. And, you know, it is, I'd, I'd say for Southampton it is, it's just a real shame because if they had taken... Um, if they'd have taken three points at the Emirates, then maybe would have looked at that and gone, do you know what? We can maybe stay up here. Mm-hmm. Your boy um, Alcaraz played well too. He did. Yeah, but he's been he, really, really he, good. He went off mm-hmm. at half time. It must have been injury or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was really getting at them. But the, see, the point I was going to make as well, just like the players that actually stood up for Arsenal were actually their young players. Mm-hmm. Like Saka and Martinelli stood up mm-hmm. and performed. Odegaard obviously came into it too. The, I, th- I do think they're missing that experience. That like, yeah. they're, I think they're the youngest team in the league. They're missing that experience. They mm-hmm. need somebody who's done yeah. it before. You can see with City, like they are just, they're just so confident. They know every game they're going to get the result. I seen Arteta was saying like, oh, he lets them watch the game, see the result. Like the, I think they're too much in it. And even at the end, when they collapse to the ground, you're like, it's not a good sign. No, you definitely not. And look, I think just on Saka, Connor, it, it is a good point. Saka had really gone off the boil there, yeah. probably this last month. But he did. He stepped up in a big moment. Mm-hmm. It really showed leader. Like, I, look, I can't pray a sack enough to be honest. You guys all know that. I yeah. love him. Like, but I think he really stood up in a moment and took leadership and took mm-hmm. charge. And I, I think Arsenal will look at that game and go points dropped. Yeah. Especially 100%. after his penalty miss mm-hmm. to step up yeah. in that game when they were under pressure. 100%. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is a big moment. Um, but see Martinelli as well. This last few months he has been unbelievable because yeah. he had depth he'd done he started well and then he had depth but yeah. see now he's like been one of the best yeah. players in the Premier yeah, League definitely definitely he is going to be exciting to watch over yeah. the next few that's years that's the thing about Arsenal as you said they do have the players mm-hmm. they just I think they need just a they few just more need to add more yeah. maybe like an yeah. experienced centre back um, obviously a right back maybe you can yeah. attack a bit better midfielder there's a few signings away from being a real 100% top, top team. team yeah like definitely. even just talking about Martinelli and Saka that's two of the best wingers in the world oh yeah in current form oh and definitely like I'm jealous watching them oh yeah 100% like, lad you know what we're watching compared to that like yeah. Sancho and yep. Anthony like watching them they just go at players they can finish they've got everything they're yep. exciting the pace yep. and they're so young play, everything yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, sky's the limit for this Arsenal it is realistically definitely. I just think this season a Premier League title comes just a bit the, too soon for them yeah no, look, I, I think that's fair enough. Well, look, lads, just going to move it on then to um, Liverpool and Nottingham Forest. Uh, played out actually quite a cracking game, quite an there. exciting yeah. game, really, at, at Anfield. Liverpool managing to pick up the win, 3-2. Um, but, you know, I, I was um, on the car. Um, I was in the car on the way to Calvin uh, to watch Armagh. And, you know, we were following the games uh, as they were coming in. And, you know, Houston, who listen to the podcast, big fan of the podcast. Um, he was saying on the way up, he goes, it would be just like us to um, get a big win against Leeds mm-hmm. and then blow it to Forest. And for a while, you know, when it went 1-1, um, he, he turned to me and he goes, this is it. We're going to blow it. Yeah. And they didn't. They managed to, to stick out. Look, I'm going to highlight one player in particular. He has been missing for a massive chunk of this season, but he came in against Forest and looked astonishing. 
Diogo Jota. Mm. Really yeah. impressive performance. Definitely. Looked 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 like a proper centre forwards performance. First goal was brilliant. Very, very good. Very, very good. Um, the header, even the second goal, the way he sort of controls it on control. his chest, mm. takes it on his knee and then volleys Oh, sorry, it. that's the one I meant. Sorry, sorry. He, just a proper centre-forward performance, mm. to be honest. As well, he hadn't scored in 20 Premier League games mm. before the previous game when he scored two, so it's four and two games. Before that, like, um, was it the season before he was unbelievable? He was scoring mm. goals flat out. Yeah. Obviously, he's been injured and stuff, but for Liverpool... To get back to where they are, they need him in the team scoring goals because uh, Nunez up top's not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, Salah as well scored again. As we, I think you were saying, um, he's kind of underrated because he keeps scoring goals. I think he's 16, 17 Premier League goals this mm-hmm. season. I guess still right up there. It's one of the top scorers. Yeah. So, Liverpool dominated the game. Again, the thing about Liverpool this season is they give up a lot of chances mm-hmm. because they just get walked through in midfield. They give up a few chances. Even at the end, Force really should have equalised. They nearly equalised near the end. I think uh, Johnson hit the crossbar. Mm-hmm. They didn't even start Johnson. They kind of rested him yeah. Yeah. for this game, which was a bit strange. Johnson should have scored. Yeah, he should have scored, hit the crossbar. Um, and he had not a chance after that, I believe yeah. it. So that, that is the thing about Liverpool. It's just, as you said, there's no consistency. Like, yep. It's like yeah. every game. I know Leeds are not a good team either. No, you know, no. I've seen no. them a few times. Yeah. So beating them, being forced. You'd expect them to be forced, forced second bottom of the league. I think it's. Te- I think they scored two goals away from home all season. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was four goals, sorry. And then they get two against Liverpool. Two Liverpool yeah. Which never would have happened in the past. When would Liverpool have struggled at home over the last few seasons against a team like Forced? Not a chance. They'd have them 8 9 0. It would have been a killing. Um, so although Liverpool won the game, Diaz is back as well. I've seen that. But. I would still be worried if I was a Liverpool fan. I don't think they're going to get top four. No, 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 no. no. I think so, it's no, too far. No. They might get top six. No, the, look, the the other teams around Liverpool are just better. Yeah, United's better. Newcastle's better. Got a big lead. As Villa's well. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right. the, I'd even say Brighton. Are better. Brighton are yeah. probably two better. Games in hand. Yeah. yeah. No, look, Liverpool will probably still get a European place of some description, whether it's Europa League or Conference League. They will get. They will get a European place. I don't know, lad. I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. Obviously, it's not out of the realms of possibility. It's probably it could happen definitely. But just personally, I don't think it will. I think Aston Villa is in much better form, um, and like Brighton have four games on Villa and two games on uh, Liverpool. Like Brighton really are in with a shout of fifth, maybe mm, sixth. Yeah, and that pushes Liverpool out straight away. It's just whether Spurs stay in there. Like, no. Well, I'm not even sorry. I'm not. <laughs> not counting Spurs in this conversation yeah. to be honest <laughs> they're shite you kind of you hope <laughs> you kind of hope Liverpool get Conference League I hope they get Conference League and then they celebrate it like the Champions yeah. League yeah I hope that well. happens <laughs> well anyway look congratulations to Liverpool good result this week yeah so it was well not uh, two wins in a row you got to give it to them like. but yeah. they, need, they need to keep that momentum going well I actually need to keep going. I do think a real debate needs to be had look I know they spent 80 million on Darwin Nunez but I think a real debate needs to be had that, that that their best front three is probably Salah, Jada, Diaz. Yeah. No, it will, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. their best front three includes Nunez or Gakpo. No, I agree. But then again, I do feel that every team needs to have at least four, five, six world, well, top class forwards in their team. That Definitely. If, like Liverpool have had, Jada gets injured, Diaz gets injured. Look, they're not going to do the same job as them two fellas because they are elite forwards, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Especially Louis Diaz. I think he's unbelievable. But, as about to say, Joey Diaz. Hey, <laughs> cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday, cocksuckers. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but they need world class forwards to come in and replace these fellas they're not going to do the same job but look they'll do something for you yeah um, and it really has been a makeshift forward line despite having the world class abilities of Liverpool mm, definitely definitely look the likes of Gakbo and Nunez definitely do need that season to bet in 100% but mm. I think next season is the one you really clamp down and judge them I know I've been very very critical of Darwin Nunez mm. this year but I just get defensive, lad. You know what I mean? Like, when people have a go at Anthony, I think to myself, well, you fucking spent 80 million on Nunes mm-hmm. too, and he's crap. Mm-hmm. So I just get my back up sometimes. Yeah, I understand the slander of Darwin Nunes, and I know I've actually defended him quite a lot in this podcast, and I'm going to defend him again. I do think he will come good, but he needs to start proving himself. Yeah, he big time. He really needs to start but, proving himself, or Klopp yeah. will look at him and be like, what the fuck have yeah. we done? Like, yeah. As we said, like he gets in the positions, he just doesn't yeah. finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if he can start doing that, yeah, and it's, then it's easier said than done. Yeah, yeah it's easier so. said than done. And I'm not saying time's running out for him, but if he has another season like he had this season, next season, you could be looking at Darwin Nunes leaving Liverpool really, really early. Yeah. In his career. yeah. Well, look, you would look at it this season, and by no stretch of the imagination, like he's had a mediocre season. Mm-hmm. He's not been brutal. No, he scored goals. Like he scored goals. He's not been brutal, but he's. Not, What's he got, 14 goals or something in all competitions, so. or 15? 14 or 15, yeah. yeah. So it's not been a horrible season by any mm. account, but when look, it, it, it annoys me to say this, because I don't think football should be looked at this way, but unfortunately it is mm. the the standard to which players yeah. are held, their price tag. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think when you spend 80 million on a player, like you look like Haaland, look, I said it earlier on this season, Haaland costs 10 million less, and yeah. look at that goal return. And I know that's yeah. freakish, and I, I do know that's freakish, but... Yeah. You know, for eighty million, you're looking at a guy to lead your lane, yeah. and we're sitting here saying that he's probably not Liverpool's best front three. Yeah, I don't think he starts if if everybody's fit. I don't think he starts. No, neither do I. Which yeah, is unfortunate. I'd agree with that. Too. Neither yeah. do I. He but hasn't been starting anyway, so no, I know. No, so. he, he he comes off the bench like yeah. so. Well, look, we'll move it on anyway. Uh, but congratulations, Liverpool. <laughs> Two good results in a row. Yeah. Um. So I'll not be. Too much of a dickhead today. Going <laughs> um, to move it on to probably the biggest shock result of the weekend. Um, Newcastle, <laughs> Pommel and Spurs, <laughs> six goals to one. Mm. Um, Oshin has given me a little bit of stick at times this season. You know, I remember when Liverpool beat United 7-0, I was saying things in the house like, it doesn't really bother me all that much mm-hmm. because, you know, we've just won a cup. And yeah. he was like, no, you can't say that. If you get fucking embarrassed like that by your rivals, you need to sit down and really look at your team and go, we're, we're not that good. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashin, what are you saying now? <laughs> Is your team that good? <laughs> Do you know what, though? It, look, 6-1. I didn't expect it to be 6-1. But it genuinely wouldn't have shocked me if it was 4-0. Like, I was expecting Newcastle to blow them out of the water I wasn't I, I just don't I understand why and like uh, why though because the thing I'll say about Spurs is do you see when it comes to games against like so I remember the season they were like in that like title race with Leicester nor it, it wasn't the big games that let Spurs down it was always like the games again like worse opposition mm. um and they have sort of carried that same kind of momentum. Like when, like I remember for seasons upon seasons upon seasons, every time they played Liverpool, they turned up. Mm-hmm. They really, really turned up. Anytime they played City, they turned up. They beat City at the Etihad two years in a row. So I just thought... Big, beat them this season yeah, as well. Yeah, I just thought, big game, they'll get G'd up. Um, they'll they'll want to go out there and put on a show and let people know that they're still in this, this top four race. So I was not expecting... <laughs> that to happen. We again, we were sitting in where was 
Oh, it was our group chat mm-hmm. on the Sunday. I was watching the the Down and Donegal match, and next thing it was just message upon message upon message. Mm-hmm. And every time I checked my phone, there was another goal. Five goals in twenty minutes. It was ridiculous. It's crazy. Ridiculous. But look, I think a lot of I think a lot of criticism has to come on the coaching staff for this one. One hundred percent. Change the formation. Spurs are not a back four playing team. No, it's just not going to work. Like I can understand a, a new manager coming in and wanting to adapt to a mm-hmm. back four, yeah. but when you're six or sorry, when you're uh, five, six games to go in the Premier League. Why suddenly are you going to just go, okay, we're going to go to a back four now, two in midfield, uh, three across the front, and then one up top? Spurs never played like that. Yeah. They played like Perisic and Poro in the, as, 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 as fullbacks. Full yeah. And they're not good enough defensively no, to no. be fullbacks. Like Poro can a back defend, four, like. And Perisic is a, he's not a. He's not a back, he's a winger. Like, so. As a wing back, you can yeah. understand Yeah, it. 100%. In a back five, you could understand that 100%. But and Dyer, enough, like. Dyer at the minute is not good enough to be a, like a centre back at Tottenham. Like, let's be honest, Lloris, brutal. Awful. Like, a few of those goals were his fault. He could have saved them. <laughs> he you didn't know. even move. Like. I know. This result, it was 6 1, but it feels like it was way worse than 6 1. Yeah. It was 5 0 so early, minutes, and they were yeah. just like, ah, oh, we don't even need to try yeah. now. And then the manager came out after and he was like, oh, you know, once we changed it, it was basically 1-1, but that's not the way football works. You know, you get paid 6-1. I know. He gets sacked because he's he was terrible. Imagine being experience. an interim manager and getting sacked. But we kind of said about it. An interim manager being know. sacked. But we, you know what? We had said about it, he was too much like Conte. Yeah. And then he tries to change it. But I don't know why you change it against Newcastle away from home. Yeah. In such an important game. In such an important game. You know, they took your boy Saur off. Pretty early, he's only like twenty. Yeah, he just looked out of his depth. Oh, he didn't, didn't know where to look. He didn't know what he was doing. No. But but that'll not no. that'll not do him any good. No, no. I, I thought that was so bad. Yeah. You know, so bad. Because look, you're what's he kid meant to do? Like, exactly. You know what I mean? He's but, he's been hung out to yeah. dry. He's playing against Gamares and Joe Linton, yeah. who are obviously gonna overrun him. Yeah, they're two of the best and most physical midfielders in the league. They are known yeah. for their ability to run from minute zero. Yeah, to minute ninety. What did they expect was going to happen? And they throw him in beside Troy Berg. Look, I'm sorry, boys. Again, that is just another player. I don't I don't understand it. I don't get what people see in him. Mm-hmm. He is, as a defensive midfielder, he is terrible. There is, is it, yeah. no defensive ability in that man whatsoever. Does he ever take yeah. a look and scan around him? No. I think it's gonna... difficult for that, though, because I, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say I rate him. Because, well, I do rate him. I don't think he's as bad as people think. I think... He needs help. He's not alone. CDM, but but he wasn't alone. CDM. I know, but that's what I mean. But Spurs are playing five, two, three, usually. Ah, usually, yeah. And I don't think Hoiberg is good enough to play in a two. I think he needs to be playing in a three for him to be his best. Well, I think in a double pivot, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be. It's basically two two men doing the job mm-hmm. of one. That's why. We play a double double pivot. That's why, that's why United did it for years. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a Casemiro. Yeah. They had to play McTominay and Fred. Yeah. Spurs are having to do it now too. Yeah. They don't have that out and out defensive midfielder. But the thing about the double pivot is both both defensive minded midfielders need to be in contact with one another yeah, and need true. to be in communication. Almost like a telepathic thing. Exactly. But I didn't see Heuberg once tell that young fella go there, this is where should be. move there, shift yeah. across when I shift across. There was none of that. Yeah. If I push up, you need to come in, slot in behind. There was none of that. None of that. I, I just thought that young fellow was left hung out to dry. I agree. Because I rate him. I do think that. I think he's good too. I think he's good too. I think a good footballer. Yeah. Yeah. But like, the manager again, obviously we didn't do the podcast last week, but the way like Sanchez got treated, I know. He got took off and after like 30 minutes. And then he brought him on. Brought him off. Yeah. And then he brought him on again. Yeah. Just a power manager. Yeah. But 
the players need to stand up too. The only player that seems to stand up for them is Harry Kane. Yeah. He can keep scoring. Yeah. There's just so many poor performances and like they've conceded over 50 goals, mm-hmm. which is just... It's not good. Brutal. But Levy needs to be looked at too for that yeah. result. Like, why did he think going into the end of the season in such an important time when they genuinely were still challenging for the top four? Yeah. I think they were still in the top four when Conte left. Why did he think it was acceptable for a team like Tottenham Hotspur, a really, really prestigious team, to have an assistant coach as their interim manager until the end of the season? Crazy. It's like when we got fucking Rangnick. What was the point in that? But it just didn't make sense to me. If they were going to go in an interim coach from someone already in their staff, it should have been Ryan Mason, who's done it before mm-hmm. um, and has been there the longest, knows that team. Um, but... I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me whenever they could have they could have got somebody in until yeah. the end of the season, do you know what I mean? You see it with the the teams that have got rid of their managers during the season, even like Leicester, they've got somebody in yeah. there because they know they need a new manager. Yeah. I think with Daniel Levy it was just like, we don't really want to bring a new manager in now because we're going to bring somebody in the summer, yeah. we'll just, a quick fix, get us top four, we'll have the players, it's just not going to work. And then you see some of his comments during the week about you know, he's having a go at Arsenal and all. Mm-hmm. He's saying, oh, you know... All right, we finished above we finished you. Above yeah, them. And yeah. you're just like, Arsenal won more trophies in that period than Tottenham won. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, it's a bit of a laugh. Like, yeah. you know, they came second a few times. Is that really achieving much? Um, but, like, Tottenham is just in a really bad way. And they're getting carried by Hurricane. We've been saying it all. Where yeah. would they be without Hurricane? Uh, look, and Their defence is one of the worst in the league. Their goalkeeper is terrible. You know, players like Son and Kulusevski have not stood up. Richarlison's been a complete... Flops. Flop, flop. He Let's be honest. If you, like again, if you played for any other team, you probably get more stick. I know he's been injured a lot, but he's been really poor. Um, but like Newcastle are on different, different trajectory. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. going up. They they've won six and seven. They won this game in the first twenty minutes. Like Jacob Murphy scoring two goals, like that's crazy. Like how has come in and just improved so many players. Yeah. Like you look at, you know Murphy. You know, well, like players like that, it's just, it's just crazy how, you know, like if you if you spoke about Newcastle Tottenham squads, you'd probably say, you know, is there much real difference in quality? Not really, but the, it's the manager. Like it just shows if you get a good manager in. Since he's came in, he's just absolutely took them to a new level, mm-hmm. and they're going to get top four. And their home form is unbelievable. Like they went for, last week, they were brutal. He said it was the worst performance of the year, and to go from that to this was. It took some mask, you know. Big change, you big know? change. I know, I mean, Villa really did play them off the park last week, yeah. but the one thing you'd have to say, the one thing they didn't do last week was when they did have the opportunities to put the ball in the net, they didn't do it. <laughs> the difference today, or well, today, the difference uh, at the weekend was they put the ball in the net. And that's experience. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Eddie Howe's first full season. Yeah. He, if if they stick with Eddie Howe, which I think they will because he's a fucking great manager. I don't see any reason why Newcastle yeah. would look well, elsewhere. No, I agree. I agree. But I just mean, if they stick with him, you never know what these owners will do. Just no, that's true. that's true. That's true. That's um, true. If, if they stick with him... I think Newcastle fans would rat. Newcastle, really, the sky is the limit for Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know we were saying that about Arsenal, but... Newcastle, young manager, young team. Big financial back. Yeah, near enough unlimited funds to get whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. People are going to see Newcastle in the Champions League next season. Like footballers, I mean. And they're going to be like, oh, fuck, I want to play Champions League football. Yeah, I want to play for Newcastle, mm-hmm. one of the most prestigious teams in English football. If you're a young player around Europe, you're going to look at it and you're, you're going to go, hmm, Alexander Isaac's thriving there. Yeah. Bruno Gimaraes is thriving there. Joe Linton's thriving there. Jacob Murphy's fucking thriving there. <laughs> Joe Willock. <laughs> Do you see that pass? Oh, that oh. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Even unbelievable. Fabian Shaw. 
Yeah. I, Fabian Shaw always had that long ball in his locker. Yeah, he was always good, to be fair. But to pull it off twice in the one game. Yeah, a lot. Ah. The recruitment has been brilliant too. Maybe just only once Gordon, he hasn't. Did you see what Gimmerai said about Joe Willick? He's like, oh, he got his hair done like Ronaldinho, so he decided to play like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's crazy. And Isaac, as we said, if he gets in the team, if he can stay fit, he's going to score goals and he's been flying. 100%. It just shows, it's a testament to the manager because they're not all of them are superstars. Like we even mentioned there, Joe Willock, Jacob Murphy, Sean Longstaff. Even Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. To, to a certain not, extent. Yeah, they're not world-renowned footballers that would get into any team. No. But to no. get into this team because they suit the manager's play style, yeah. they want to work for the manager, they want to play for the badge. And that's what you need at a football club. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you look at, the like I said, uh, uh, Dan Byrne. Mm-hmm. Like, who looked at Dan Byrne and thought he could play as a left-back? Yeah. Only Eddie Howe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And looking, you know, that's the thing. I think as a manager, you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I would say about Eddie Howe is his ability to adapt is probably better than most Premier League managers, to be honest. And I would genuinely say, at this current point in time anyway, Eddie Howe has the best problem on his hands in terms of striker. I think Alexander Isaac and Callum Wilson is one of the best strike, striking options you can have at oh, a football club. Definitely. Yeah. It's just about staying fit for them. Boys. Exactly. Like if yeah. they stay fit. Exactly. We said this That's for weeks. Problems. We said if they can get them players back yeah. and stay fit, they will definitely get top four. Top yeah. class. Yeah. Top class. Both going to guarantee at least double-figure goals. Genuinely. Stick Madison in there. <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be brilliant. They will kill teams. Yeah, yeah they'll be brilliant. They'll probably get a new left back. Yeah. yeah. Another midfielder. Yeah. And they're going to be a top. I can't hear near someone. Yeah. And an midfielder they're, coming in. Yep. They'll, they'll really punish teams next year. Team to, team to watch. Yeah. Big time. And their home form is. I think they've only lost once there this year. Yeah. And their support. Because Pope got sent off. Yeah. Pope got sent off. And yeah. the best of it was that game, they were very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their home support. Even they came out after the game and said the support of the crowd is just yeah, it's unbelievable. It generally is a 12th man. Even in the uh, Carabao Cup final. Like they were 2 0 down the 90th minute and it was their fans that were singing. Yeah. Uh, they were still singing. Yeah. 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 Waving their flags and all. Yeah. Brilliant. Good Brilliant. to see. Yeah, good, good to see. Good to see more teams, especially a big club like Newcastle. Yeah, you know, Definitely. team fighting in the championship a few years ago. Yeah, uh, always middling relegation to now being near enough a stalwart for the Champions League next season. Mm-hmm. Fabulous story. Yeah, fabulous. Definitely. Well, look, moving it on then. Uh, Fulham managing to pick up their first win in I think seven or eight games. Two-one um, win over who I'm calling are definitely going down. Leeds United. Um, Again, it, it was a pretty 50-50 game. Um, and I think one thing I will say about Fulham this season is when Mitrovic is not in the team, they don't look like they're going to score too mm. many goals. Now, look for Pledham. They did manage to, to come out on top in this game. But I think this is one they would have looked at and expected to take um, all three points. But yeah. look, boys, I'm, I'm just going to say it now. Leeds are an absolute shambles. An yeah. absolute shambles. They're shocking. The goalkeeper especially. We'd been saying, like, what was it, like 10 or 11 shots on target in a row he conceded. Yeah. The two goals were his fault as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Wilson scored. He, he's been playing well for Fulham. But for Leeds, like at the back, they're just so bad. They concede so many goals. Like we were saying, like players like Aileen and, you know, like McKinney, he's been brutal. <laughs> he has been horrendous. Yeah. Even like last night, he was he was pretty crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just not been good. Obviously, Adams is a big miss. You know, the boys like Rocco he has not been good. Orenson, I do not rate him at all. Um, mm, no, he's not he's really. He's not good either. The boys like Cooper still playing centre back. Mm. Like that's not good enough. If they could stay up somehow this season, they'd need a really I invest, invest big, big time. time. Yeah. But as you said, they're really struggling, and yeah, it, look, it looks like they're going to go down. Like yeah, it does. And I'm all here for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but for Fulham, like it's a it's a big result. Like it is a good result because they're Definitely. going for that top half finish. Yeah. Pereira scored again as well. Yeah. Like they've had some really good performances uh, this season. A lot went under the radar. I know Matrovic is a big miss. Like that could be that could have been an excuse. I thought Willian played really well too. Yeah. He has been really good this season as well. He has. Uh, Tim Ream at the backs, very good player. You know, for Fulham, it's, it's been an unbelievable season. If mm. they can get that tenth spot, like that's. I think I've seen the table. They're too kind of too far away from the top eight, but they'll get the top. They'll get top ten probably. And uh, if they could finish tenth, even in their first season in the Premier yeah. League, they'll look at that and they'll go right. Like their goal would have been seventeenth. Yeah, so probably hundred yeah, percent. I know they've dipped a bit, but still, still got some good players there. Look, they're still they still have five games to play. Yep. You know, if they, let's say the one three draw drew one and lost one in those last five games, you know, you're you're looking top at 10. Fulham and you're going. Definitely a decent side. Mm-hmm, definitely. definitely a decent side. And yeah. I think I think the one thing about Fulham is they've built a good foundation this season. Mm-hmm. So now when they go and add players in the summer, they'll only get stronger. I yeah. think I think they done what Nottingham Forest should have done this season. Mm-hmm. Fulham built upon the players that got them to the Premier League. Yeah. The likes of Robinson, the likes of uh, Harrison Reid. And, and Ream. And and, or Tim Ream, sorry, not yeah. Harrison Reid. Uh, Tim Ream, yeah. No, well, Reid read, read was. Well, even him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and Deckard over Reid. And boys that were already there. They built up on the players yeah. that got them to where they are. Whereas Forrest went and bought fucking 30 players and thought that they could do it because they had experience in the Premier League and experience in other leagues, which look could have worked. It doesn't look like it is going to work at the minute, but... Building the foundation... Or building, building the team upon the foundation that you already had... Is phenomenal, especially for a manager who's been there for a few years. And testament to them when you bring in the players of quality such as Andres Pereira, such as Jay Polina, Leno, Leno. That that's probably their most crucial signing this season. Yeah, when definitely. you genuinely think like about it, one of the signings. Of the one of the season. signings. He cost like eight million. Yeah, and he's a top keeper. Yeah. And he's kept them in a lot of games. Yeah, I think he's been playing for Arsenal for years. Yeah. Won FA Cups with him. He has the highest save percentage in the Premier League. Yeah, like. yeah. he's class for eight million quid. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like, like yeah. for a player, they recruited well. the recruitment team done a, done a spectacular job. Oh, there. big time. And it's not like even the likes of Willian. Whenever I seen the transfer to Willian of Willian to Fulham was concerned, I think or confirmed, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Are they just playing career mode or whatever? But they're not signing these boys for mega mega money. Like they're not even just signing them to sell them on in a couple of years. They're signing them like Jay Polina. Yeah, they signed him for twenty million. It's a steal, but he's 27, 28. He's not. He, he's in his prime now. Yeah. Like if they did keep him for another couple of years, that could be him. His resale value's gone. Do you know what I mean? But they've got the use out of him for the money he was worth. Andres Pereira. Nobody would have looked at him for ten million quid, but now apparently he's being linked to PSG, Chelsea, all these places. They've done a really, really good job. There's a good mix of experience on youth then. You know, mm-hmm. with the Leno and the Willian, they have the experience of the Premier League, mm-hmm. and then they've got players like, you know, even that guy Tete has been playing well. So, fair play to Fulham. They're going to get yeah. a top half finish. So, yeah, definitely. Gotta give it to them. Definitely. Well, move it all from that game. Uh, going to move to Brentford and Aston Villa, who, you know, notoriously the best of the rest as mm. such. Yep. Um, really have been. Both sides, I think it's fair to say, have really impressed this season. Mm-hmm. And I think. I'm going to say Aston Villa more so because of just when when Emery took over they were 16th in the Premier League yeah. they are currently sitting 5th in the Premier League as of last night's fixtures yeah. mm-hmm. but they, their rise this season has been nothing short of meteoric the job that Emery has done there I think has gone so under the radar 
Fulham, or sorry, not Fulham, um, Aston Villa are really scaring me for next season. They, they are, I think they are only a couple of players away from being really serious. One of those sides, like to mind Wolves a couple of years ago, mm. when you went to Molyneux and you were like, oh, fuck, yeah. we're, we're, we'll be lucky to come out of here with we're a point. point. Yeah. Fulham's going to, or I keep saying Fulham. <laughs> Aston Villa. <laughs> Aston Villa are going to be that side. Yeah. yeah. You're going to go to Villa Park and you're going to be like, oh, no. Yeah. I, that's not a fixture I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. They are really good. Um, and again, you know, I think a player that has gone under the radar this season is Ollie Watkins. And I'm all here for talking about him. It's <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Um, look, last two games he hasn't been as best that we've believe, that we've seen in the last few weeks, but he's so crucial to that team. Well, I don't even think he has to score. To be honest, yeah. when you just watch Villa play, especially when they, the sort of that first phase of transition where they move from midfield um, and pass the ball through lines, mm-hmm. the positions and the spaces that he occupies are either good goal scoring positions for himself mm-hmm. or allow others to sort of run into yeah, run yeah. in past them. It's it's His really dummy runs are brilliant. Exactly, yeah. it's really strange, and this is gonna if people don't watch basketball, they'll not have a clue what I'm talking about here. But there's a move in basketball you know what kind of pick and roll, mm-hmm. yeah. where basically a guy comes up, sets a screen to hold your man off, and then you come in round to the space, and then that's how you get your shot off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's essentially what Watkins does really, really yeah. well. He just occupies spaces, drags defenders over towards him, and then that allows the likes of Pundia, uh, Coutinho, whoever it might be, be balling back in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> just to drift into those spaces. Um, their midfield balance is also really, really good. I know you love Douglas Louise, Oren. Yeah, it's really, really good. I think the performances in the in the past number of weeks have really, really... World-class goalkeeper too. Uh, yeah, as much as I don't like to say it because I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not a fan yeah. of him either. Uh, he is world-class. He's, he's improved the back lane as well. Yeah. Mings mm-hmm. scored again last night. Oh, Mings has really been unreal. These has been weeks. good. That that Moreno boy is very, very good. He's been yeah. a great signing. Has. He's very good going forward yeah. as well. Stalwart seventy seven well. overall left back in FIFA. Like, yeah. But yeah. he has been Winning unreal. Game, he has been yeah. very good. Um, and as you said, like even players like that by Ramsey, young player, he's improved. He's just improved so many players. And it shows. McGinn. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. But it shows that how bad Gerard was. Yeah, brutal. Like the first plan of action Gerard took when he took over Aston Villa was stripping Mings of the captaincy and dropping him. I know. And now we're seeing Tyro Mings play the best football he's been playing. And Gerard done this when Mings was still a stalwart in the England team. And now, look, he's been dropped by the England team. Tyro Mings will be playing for England again in the national teams in the next few years. On, on current oh, yeah. form, yeah. yeah definitely. 100%. Definitely. 100%. It shows the difference between a media manager and Stephen Gerard, in my opinion. Would you even call him? I wouldn't even call him medium lad. Media or media? Oh, media, media, media. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, media. Oh, yeah. by the media. Yeah, the media thinks he's on the real. He's he's the golden boy. He was one of the best midfielders ever, and they thought that was going to transfer into management. He won a league with Rangers in the COVID season, and people thought he was the next big fucking thing. Yep. Tipping him for the Liverpool job. Took his first Premier League job at Aston Villa. Fucked up. Yeah. And he did. And now they're talking about, oh, Stephen Gerrard's going to be the new manager of Poland. Like even Jesus Christ, like. players like McGinn had dropped so much. They had been so poor, yeah. And he's just improved so much. And like they didn't actually play that well, but they still got a result. Mm-hmm. And away to Brentford, that's a good result. Hundred percent. They're unbeaten in like eleven games. But it was always going to happen, Connor. 
They had the squad. I know. Well, look like at we've it. spoke about it. The, the investment's always there for Villa, and now they've brought in a world-class manager yeah. who's a serial winner. It does help that the sides around them have dropped points. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I know Villa have been fantastic, yeah. but it, it has helped that the sides around them have, are, are dropping points like flies. It has allowed them to creep up the table. I think in any other season teams will be consolidating their positions mm, at this yeah. current moment in time and they mightn't have climbed up as high as the table as what they have but look all credit to them they've done the one thing that they couldn't do under Gerrard they're winning games mm-hmm. and they're yeah. winning games convincingly now look I know this is a draw against Brentford but to go to Brentford is always a difficult Tough. ask and what you had there was two managers that are really overlooked in the Premier League. Their tactical prowess, their tactical know-how, their knowledge of football. It was two managers, a real gritty tactical battle. You could see that. That excites me because mm-hmm. we now have the calibre of mam- uh, mam- manager. Mm-hmm. We now have the calibre of manager in the Premier League from the team that's sitting in 11th to the team sitting at the top. There are 11 managers in this league well, when Chelsea do get a manager, there, w- there will be 11 managers in this league who are very competent, very good at their job. Mm, and sorry, yeah. when Spurs get a manager too. Um, there will be managers in this league that are very competent, very good at their job. And it's like I said, it is like a competition to them. They all want to get one over on one another. If Thomas Frank had a beaten Unai Emery the other day, uh, he loved, loved it. Yeah. Oh, You can see, especially with the likes of Villa and Brentford, especially when they come up against, quote, quote, the big teams such as United and stuff, they're setting it up for the exact players that they think is going to play. Like, if they think Fred's going to play, they're going to tell their midfield to target Fred because he can't take a first touch. Yep. Yeah. Or, or play the ball first time, sorry. Um, so, with managers tactically thinking rather than thinking, oh, this is my best 11, they think this is my best 11 to face. So and so, yeah. And that's incredible. Yeah. Because you're guaranteed a great match. But, like, that's what Emery said as well um, when he first came in. He'd only said like five or six games previously there. He hadn't even got, like they were getting results and he hadn't even got the team the way he wanted it. Yeah. But like, as you said, imagine them next year when he gets even more players in than he wants. They could be scary. Serious force. Yeah. Serious force. Well, look, moving it on from that game, we're going to go to Leicester and Wolves. Um, Last gasp winner for Leicester, Timothy Castagna coming up with the the winning goal. Good finish. Really good finish. finish. And you know what? A really good game as well, actually. Both these sides, look... Obviously, both these sides have been relegation-threatened this year, but I have to say that was like a classic sort of Leicester versus Wolves game that we've become accustomed to seeing over the past few years. Both sides really let the shackles off and just went at it. And for Leicester, you know, who who have been really low on confidence, and that's been very obvious to see even in the media, Connor. I remember you saying a couple of weeks ago, you know, Madison sounding quite dejected and almost sounded like they were going down but that's a massive massive win for for Leicester as you were saying it was more attacking they played Tete Iannaccio Daga and Vardy like they went for this game they didn't start very well obviously conceding early got the penalty deserved winners very very good performance and even last night they got a good result drawn with um, Leeds so you know that that, I couldn't believe it Leicester hadn't won a game in nine that was their first win in nine games. You know, they'd just no. been in such a poor run of form. And that was like, that's eight losses in one draw. It wasn't like as if there was a few draws in there, so they were terrible. But I had like slagged maybe their defence a bit, but a few of them stood up the other day. You know, Sionchu at the back was very good. Yeah, He's come back in the play. team. He actually played very well. He got on of the match. Um, with Leicester, as we've said, they've always had the, the, the talent there. Like they've had Madison, Daka, you know, 
maybe don't haven't been performing to the level that they should be, but to have the talent of boys like Harvey Barnes, you know, even Drew or Dewsbury Hall. So like, as we said, if they got a manager in there, they could just play to their style. They're going to get results, and I think Leicester will stay up now. Wolves, I think, are safe as well. Yeah, they won yeah, last night yeah. again, so they basically had I think thirty five points will keep you up. They keep saying this, oh, 35 points over the last 10 years is yeah. the average or something. So they'll stay up. But for Leicester, that was a massive result mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. because a few more wins and I think they'll be okay. They'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they will stay up. I can't see it. But I do. I do. I, uh, I think so. I do, to be honest. 29 like. points are on. Because they're only a point since, above relegation. Since the new managers come in, there's three performances against City. I know they didn't start well. Mm-hmm. In the second half, there was a lot of... I thought a lot of positives. They played well against Wolves. Last night, they were the better team. Mm-hmm. I know they nearly conceded late on, yeah. but they were the better side unlucky with the Tillemans screamer mm, that's right. uh, I thought they were the better side and yeah. I think they're better than Leeds and I think Southampton's down Southampton Forest I think Forest are going to I think Forest have said well I think they're terrible yeah I've sort so of changed my opinion I think it'll well. be Leeds right. or uh, Everton yeah and I would worry about Everton because they have t- tough fixtures coming up yeah still have to play like teams like City and Newcastle so it's going to yeah. be tough for them but I do think I think Leicester Leicester play a lot of teams in around them as well so I think they uh, if they can get the home form going, the new manager bounce is kind of helping them. Yeah. I think mm. they're going to stay up. First, first. It's interesting. Like, it's, it's just like Leeds are above Leicester at the minute. Point above, same games. Everton, Forest, Southampton all have a game in hand on Leicester. And there's only a point between Everton and Leicester. Like. Yeah. I can't imagine Forest or Southampton winning their game in hand. I could see Everton. Well, Southampton played Bournemouth tonight. Mm-hmm. Or is Thursday night start? Thursday Thursday night. I That's think, yeah. a massive six game. pointer. Lad. Like if Southampton can win that, see if Bournemouth win that, I think they're on. What are they on? Thirty three. Yeah, they'll be on thirty six. They're gone. Yeah. So if Southampton could win that, they keep in touch. I I think Forest are are definitely going to go if down. If Bournemouth win the night, they're three points behind Chelsea. That's mental. <laughs> see, they'd won four. I seen they'd won four. Their so last Chelsea six. lose every game from now till the end of the season. Right. No, I think they're still safe. <laughs> How many points do they have? Thirty nine. They're. 11 points off relegation. Yeah, they're, just, they're not going to go down. They're 11 off relegation. Can you can you even oh, see, right, can okay. Leeds win four games? No chance. There's no way Leeds Well, Leeds aren't games. in the bottom three, lad. Leeds are 16th. The bottom three, Southampton, Forest, and But Everton. there's like a point between them though, isn't there? Or two points? There's a, there's a point between Leeds and, there's two points between Leeds well, and Everton. Well, then Leeds need to win three. Down. But like Southampton are in 24, Forest down. are in 27. Down. I think Southampton are, yeah, they're, they're down and out like, they have to beat Bournemouth. I think it'll come down to the last game of the season, to be honest. I, I, think, I genuinely think there'll be... Imagine there's like seven of them in I that. was about to say, I think there'll be about seven teams that genuinely could go down. And I think it'll come down to the last game Jesus, of the season. That'll be some final day. Of the that would be good to see. It'll it'll be be unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, well, moving on from that, um, West Ham managing to beat Bournemouth four goals to zero. Um, really impressive West Ham performance, to be yeah. honest. Re- went to you know Bournemouth, who had been performing well. West Ham turned up and really put them to the sword. Um, looked like one of those sort of vintage West Ham performances that we'd yeah. maybe become accustomed to seeing over the past few years. Um, I've got to talk about the goal uh, for Niles with the scorpion kick. Scorpion. Um, didn't catch it as cleanly as he might not have liked, but here, it went in the back of the mm-hmm. net. So. Sunday was mad. Sunday was mad. I was watching the Newcastle game. and uh, Score update came up. As much as Newcastle were scoring, West Ham were scoring. Yeah, yeah. I was seeing what six one seven eleven goals in the two games. o'clock kickoffs uh, on on Sunday. Ridiculous, I know. Um, yeah, massive, massive result for West Ham, and I think that kind of secures their safety as well. Yeah. Um, 
Moyes talking about next season. Um, I don't think so. I wouldn't be confident, David, no. to tell you the truth. Hope no. you're enjoying the pod. I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be confident that you being at West Ham next season. Um, Nate the Great looks like he's going to be <laughs> <laughs> over at, up, at the, I was about to say Upton Park, over at the London Stadium. Yeah, no, big result. 4-0. They needed to go out and make a statement against someone that was right beside yeah. them in Bournemouth. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. I was shocked by this result because, as we've been saying, Bournemouth have been playing so well. They won four in their last six. Mm-hmm. They're flying up the league. I thought this would be a really tight game. Tight game but West yeah. Ham showed something last Sunday. Come back from 2 0 down against Arsenal. They showed fight. And then they won in midweek. Good in Europe, stuffed yeah. uh, Gant or whatever. Aye. And then 4 0 against West Ham. Paqueta's goal was good. Rice has been playing really well. He scored a few games in a row. Yeah. Played well against Arsenal. I thought after they went 2 0 down, he was very good against Arsenal. Um, and I think this season he's been really poor, but. In recent performances, if he stands up, uh, but as Orn said, they're, they're probably safe now. Um, but for West Ham, like for Bournemouth, they do concede a lot of goals. I've seen six, 63 goals they conceded this season. But you'd say both sides are going to be safe, but Bournemouth mm. would be disappointed because if they'd won this game, Aye, they were, they were that was basically it. I think Southampton, they'll beat Southampton yeah. on Thursday, but 4-0, is, I wasn't expecting that. It's, it is crazy, I think, how this season has swung in roundabouts, especially here on the podcast. You know, even if, you know, like to be fair, I have been listening back to some of our older episodes just to get a feel of some of the opinions yeah. that we've had during the season. And, you know, this season in particular, it has swung in roundabouts. You know, not four weeks ago were we all sitting here saying Bournemouth's definitely down. Oh, yeah, I know. And weeks. Every single one of us said that they were yeah. down. Yeah. And then in, in the mid season, um, the, our mid, our, I can't even remember what it was called, our mid season review, basically, yeah. um, you know, all of us had tipped Forrest. To go down as well, and then a couple of weeks after that, we were starting to change our opinion. The only you, you were the only one that didn't shift your opinion. To be fair, yeah. Connor, um, we all up our Oren, uh, we all had Arsenal winning the league, and now looking at it, you know, Arsenal and City play it tonight, mm-hmm. and, and you're looking at that, and you're going, oh. whoever wins wins the title. Yeah. Wins the title. yeah, this season has been so strange. Even the top four, I think. Sure, wait, wait. I went Spurs. Did you go Spurs? I went Spurs too. But then we didn't know. I think with Conte would have stayed. I think they would have had a chance. Yeah. But it's just. Uh, and we'd all, not even joking that mid season one, we'd all completely written Newcastle off. No, I said Newcastle was finished top four. Did you? Yeah, I said they finished fourth. Because they were going through that bad patch at, yeah. at, that, yeah. at that period. No, I, I said they'd finish fourth. I did. Think, I always thought Newcastle would finish in the top four. Mm. Um, but like. We we did debate it, yeah, and we were talking about like, oh, Spurs probably have a better chance just based on experience and stuff. Um, but I, I kind of, I think we all kind of knew that Conte wasn't going to last until the end of the season. <laughs> 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 Coming out after the Champions League games and all, and just slating his players. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, look, lads, we'll just breeze through the last game. Um, a very uneventful nil nil between Crystal Palace and Everton. Um. As I had a goal disallowed due to VAR, Everton had a red card through Mason Holgate, but managed to hold on and, and rescue a point. Um, I don't really know what much to say about this game. There wasn't a whole pile of attacking. It no. was both sides that yeah. were sort of scared and were like feeling each other out a wee bit. That like it just wasn't that great of a game. When you're seeing one of the goals of the season, when uh, Jordan Pickford absolutely warmed it up the field, yeah, and I think it was a woe we played it through to Calvert Lewin, and he took. An unbelievable touch, <laughs> yeah. but put it wide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there wasn't much to say. Both teams got a point. Look, I know Everton do need to be picking up three points, but look, at this stage of the season, any point will, will, will do. They're just 
probably glad, especially after getting the red card, that they didn't lose the game. Yeah. Because um, if they lost the game, we could maybe be talking about Everton near enough as the cert. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we wouldn't be talking about like the likes of Leeds and stuff. But yeah, just an uneventful game, but a crucial point really for Everton. Yeah, for Everton, like to go away to Palace, who have been scoring goals. Yeah. A clean sheet. Yeah. Is a, an achievement. Calvin Lewin's back. Played okay. Roy Hodgson's so, unbeaten. Not a loss last night. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. did, were the bait last night, yeah. But, like, they'd scored nine goals, I think, in their last three. Yeah. So, to keep a clean sheet was good, especially with 10 men in the last, like, 10, 15 minutes. For Everton, it's just... It's going to be tough to stay up. Calvin Lewin's back, which could be a huge plus. As you said, nothing really happened in the game. No. A really boring game. Palace looked a bit more like the way they did under Vieira. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> so, Compact, rigid. You know. But Everton, obviously, just went there and was like, right, well, this is the way most teams think but they were like we're just going to park the bus and hope to counter and Cavaloon gets a chance yeah. to finish it he got his chance and he missed and he missed so, it yeah. but they'll take a point yeah well look we're going to move on um, to our picks of the week now folks um, obviously we, did, we didn't get any out for you last week or the week before so Connor, coming to you first. Um, oh, by the way, folks, as you, I mean, you've probably picked it up at this stage. Owen isn't here, so we've no uh, create, we've no boob of the week this week. So we're just going to go player of the week, yeah. FPL, and OD's opinion. So Connor, player, who's your player of the week um, this week? It's going to come from the Newcastle game because so many good performances. Obviously, Murphy, Joe Linton was class. Shaw, two assists, really good player. But I'm going to go Isaac, two goals. Thought he was superb. He's been playing well, so well recently. You know, Yada could have been another one, but Isaac just. As we've been saying for weeks, if he could stay fit, Newcastle will get top four. And he stayed fit, and they're going to get top four mm. because he's scoring goals. He scores big goals, and it's all around play. It's just, you know, he can hold the ball up. He's really quick, rapid in behind. Uh, yeah, top, top player. And had to be a Newcastle player, they beat Tottenham 6 1. Mm-hmm. They were definitely the team of the week. So, yeah, he's a player of the week. No arguments. I'm going a bit of a rogue shout for, for Richie's pick for Richie's pick this week. Uh, Bournemouth have a nice handy game against Leeds at the weekend at home. I'm going Philip Billing, nice as the fantasy yeah. pick of the week. I could see Billing terrorising Leeds to be honest. Considering we're going to go Isaac as well. I, I, do you know what? I had sat there and I thought Isaac because I'm going to put Isaac into my own team yeah. this weekend. But I was looking at that fixture and I thought, hmm, just. Might as well go rogue. Yeah, you know what I mean? no I, point playing safe. No, this, this no. Stage is, at this stage of the season, look, I've been pretty consistent yeah. this year, to be honest. Time to be ballsy. And and any time I've gone ballsy, it's either really worked or it really yeah. hasn't. But it, about seventy percent of the time, I do normally it get works it every right. Time. Yes, yeah. correct. <laughs> <laughs> like Sex Panther. Yeah, one real love. But yes, I'm gonna go rogue. I'm gonna go Philip Billing. I could just I'm looking at that sort of game and the way that Leeds play and the way that they give up chances and can see goals. Philip Billing, Bournemouth's top goal scorer in the Premier League. I think he could get in the score sheet. And if he doesn't get in the score sheet, he's, he's, he's technical with the ball at his feet. Could get could an get assist. assist. So yeah. I'm going Philip Billing. I think it's a good, good, good pick. I do think it's a good shot. I like that. I, I like that it's not someone that you've probably already got in your team or yeah. something. I like that. Um, Odie's opinion. Uh, look, I'm really negative <laughs> in these <laughs> opinions. <but laughs> I'm going to be negative again. Like, um, I think if Chelsea do hire Mauricio Pochettino, they'll have him sacked before the end of next season. Oh. And I don't think it'll be anything to do with Mauricio Pochettino. I think. See, I'd agree with that because I think Poch is going to be under severe pressure. Yeah. As we've been saying, he's going to come in. He's all these players. Who's he going to sell? Yeah. Who's he going to be told to get rid of? Who's he? Is he going to be able to bring anybody in? Exactly. He's going to be under severe, severe pressure. I think whoever comes in at Chelsea 
will not have control over their squad. And I wonder, will the fans turn against them? Oh, they will not. They will not take to because Pochettino. he. It, it looks to me. It's like, like the Rafa, Rafa Benitez, Benitez lad. Everton, yeah. that's what I was thinking they're not going to take them. No, if lad. he has a few bad results, they'll turn on them quickly and just yeah. be like, because they turned on Potter. Yeah. So they're definitely going to turn on Potter. Yeah. I was actually shocked he's going there. To be it's honest, crazy. I thought he's going to go back to Tottenham. Yeah, so they. But today, I was surprised Nagelsmann rejected Chelsea. To be yeah, well, see, apparently, apparently, all the rumours are now. This is if you read into the rumour mill, obviously, but the speculation is that the player, there's a player committee at Spurs. Oh, okay. That is headed by the club captain. Right. And the player committee told Levy that they didn't Don't want, want Pochettino Poch back. back. They want to go in a new direction. They want a new okay. coach and a new style of football. That's understandable, like which fair, yeah. fair enough, but. At the same time, this is a manager who delivered you some of your, your recent successes. And I use the term success very loosely. But you know what? It is success. I got that Champions League final. Yes. He definitely overachieved. Oh, they didn't spend yeah. for like two summers. Yeah. yeah. So. And look, he does have a good relationship with a lot of the guys already there. A lot of those guys did play their best football under Pochettino. I'm looking particularly at the, at the likes of Dyer. Definitely mm-hmm. played his best football under Pochettino. Um, but... I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Wanting to go in a different direction. I understand it too. Yeah. But I don't understand why Chelsea rejected Nagelsmann. No. They were saying he's 34 and he's never experienced the Premier League and that was their reason. And I understand that. Yeah. But he's one of the most sought after managers in Europe. I don't understand it in the slightest. If you managed Bayern Munich and had a pretty fucking good record at Bayern Munich, yeah. does that not qualify you for the Chelsea job? Yeah. Chelsea need to look at where they are right now. They're not good. Mm-hmm. And are they trying to say that Nagelsmann wouldn't do something with that squad. They've got Nkunku coming in, who mm-hmm. literally played under Nagelsmann. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> beyond me. So is Nkunku not good enough to, uh, for the Premier League then? They have these players coming because in he's, and they've still I don't know how many players on their squad. Well, he's twenty three and hasn't got a minute's experience in the Premier League. So is he not good? Is, is that the logic that they're adopting? So stupid. It's such a so tough stupid. job going in there to Chelsea. Like, yeah, you know, and the pressure and the past. It's. It's crazy to me as well. Um, and you're seeing with like even Tuchel how he's struggling at Bayern. Yeah. Like how good mm-hmm. Nagelsmann was doing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the players didn't want him to go. I just yeah. don't understand that one either. But Tottenham could go for Nagelsmann. That's why I, I think he'll end up at, at Spurs. At Spurs, Which yeah. I think would be a better one. Like and than I, Poch, getting Poch back, I think that's a good... Oh yeah, I agree. He could bring in some players. He's young. He's young. He will want to stick around for a rebuild. Yeah, I agree. But I also think... Like I know my opinion is about Pochettino being sacked. I think if Nagelsmann came into Chelsea, my my opinion would be Nagelsmann gets sacked. Before yeah, any manager, season. it's going to be any, tough. anybody comes into Chelsea. Yeah. Look, the, whoever the Chelsea manager is needs to come in and hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah. from the start, Definitely. and it's going to be difficult for them to do that next season. They have too many players in the same fucking position. Yeah. yeah, you can't build a team of wingers. No, it's not possible. I just think, in particular, Pochettino haven't been at Spurs, having such a great relationship with Spurs fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Spurs fans were calling for Pochettino to be back. Yeah. I know the yeah. players might not want to know. It'll hurt. Spurs fans, oh my God, it'll hurt. It'll definitely. hurt. The first time they go to Stamford Bridge and they see Pochettino in the Chelsea suit, yeah. it'll hurt. And it will, as we've just said, it will take a lot for Chelsea fans to warm mm-hmm. Pochettino. He'll need to hit the ground running. Yeah. He'll probably need to win the Carabao Cup, to be 100% honest. First trophy you can win. He'll probably need to go out and at least get to the final or something not there to proper convince mm-hmm. Chelsea fans yeah. oh I'm here for this so but that's a big big job for Mauricio Pochettino but that's a question about him as well what has he really won even at PSG he did didn't he win, win the league he, in the he first didn't year. Win the league in the first year to be honest and uh, like I'm, I'm going to stick up for Pochettino here to be honest 
Um, and I understand what you're saying, Connor. I do, and I know a lot of football fans would say that, but I, I personally don't like to judge managers on on like trophy Accolades. wins, if you know what I mean. Like, to me, Pochettino is just a positive manager, a manager that will come in and play a positive style of football. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I know you need to win trophies. I, I do understand that, but like, look at how highly we regard Pochettino, and he hasn't won a trophy. Yeah, or he hasn't won many trophies. You know what I mean? Like. I think that says more about the manager and his playing style. He is recognised as one of the top managers in the yeah, world, yeah. even if he isn't necessarily the trophy-winning manager. Yeah. And that's not to say that he doesn't get there. No, I agree to an extent, because I think at Spurs you can almost excuse it because they haven't won a trophy in so long. Yeah. But at Paris Saint-Germain you need to be winning everything, realistically. No, mm. I was going to say that as well. I agree with... I actually would agree with you. I think he done really well at Spurs. He didn't really get much of a transfer budget. He played great football. They overachieved. Yeah. But at Chelsea, they're going to expect to win trophies. Yeah. And if he's going to win the fans over, he has to win trophies. Yeah. Because and the man that hasn't been doing it, he's going to be questioned straight away. Yeah. And if they get booted out of the or Carabao Cup early or the yeah. FA Cup, so much pressure. They're not going to win the league. Not a chance. No, no, no. no so no, no, no. the pressure is going to be on straight away. And they're just going to... As you were saying, they'll probably sack him. Like, oh, there's so much pressure on him before they even kick a ball. Yeah. Considering all the players they've got. What does he do with Lukaku? What does he do with the likes of Madueke, who hasn't really done it? Mudrik hasn't really done it. Fans aren't really liking him. Does he send them on loan? Does he sell them? What does he do? Like He has so much to think about before accepting this job. Yeah. And then he's got players already coming in, like Nkunku, like this young fella from uh, Zenit, I think it is, Zaharian or something. Uh, Dennis Zaharian. Um, oh, it's just... It's crazy it's a, the amount of players they crazy. have. Oh, it's they mad. have like 30 players. It's mad. And he needs to sell, but... Like he will be given funds to make his own team as well. It's just That's a huge, huge job. In my opinion, of the week, he'd be sacked yeah. before the end of next season. Well, the ownership model hasn't changed the Chelsea. If no. we're being completely honest, yeah. no. Big, like it's the exact same as as Abramovich. Come in, big money to spend. Spends a load of money, buys numerous players, um, but is also happy to pull the trigger on on managers. I mean, the fact that Chelsea have had three managers this season tells you. Tells you all you need to know about this ownership model, you know, and I'm sure Chelsea fans thought this time around it was going to be different. Um, but no, that's much of a muchness really at, at Chelsea, and, and and if I'm going to call it for what it is, it's a shit show to be honest. They are a very poorly run football club, yep. and mm-hmm. you know, for years and years as a United fan, I, we cried and, and we cried and we cried that, that we were so badly run. But let me tell you something. As controversial as this might sound, I would rather be run by the Glazers than run by Bowley, to be honest. Yeah, because Bowley's too involved. Where the Glazers are more away from it, but the, Bowley's far too involved in yeah. that team. You know, he's like you see him all over in a bit Madrid 3 0. Like he's mm. deluded. He doesn't even know football, let's be honest. Yeah, sure. He was trying to play a 12 man system under, yeah. <laughs> under Tickle. He is the real life Ted Lasso. And then he yeah. came down, didn't he, in the changing room like yeah. a few weeks ago? Like he's got Lampard in because. Like there was rumours James Corden said it, but well, I, I, I don't that, know yeah. if that's true or not. But he's got a man in who's just an easy target. He, he can just probably go into the changing room anytime he wants and just say what he wants. You know, like he, he needs an authoritative manager there. So maybe Potts will bring that because I think Lampard shot himself in the foot by taking that job. Hey, uh, I know you can't not accept it because it's Chelsea is your boyhood club. But I think much like Stephen Gerrard, he's a media manager, and. Uh, but I think it was like the last chance he was going to get at the Premier League because if he had it done brilliant he's going to have to go down to the Championship now and I don't think he's going to do it so sort of end of Frank another managerial career probably down the toilet in all seriousness you know 
And that will do it for this week's episode of the Bottom Men's Pod. We are jumping over to the Bottom Men's Extra now. Um, we're going to have two episodes out for you tonight. So if you are listening to this episode, please hop on over to our next episode where we will be looking at the next uh, sort of top 15 transfers in, in, in the Premier League over the summer. Um, but as always, you can find us at Bottom Men's Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, we're going to have much more content coming up over there in the next few weeks. You can find us on the Parlay Sports app, PRLY Sports, on the Apple App Store, where again, I promise, we will have more content coming up. And as always, folks, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom, bottom bins. bins.